You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Get ready for a frenzy. Bring them out, bring them out. The Fantasy Frenzy. Bring them out, bring them out. Fantasy for fantasy frenzy, FNTS. It's gonna take me a while to get used to that. Fantasy frenzy, FNTSY Radio. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, accuracy expert, the all-in kid, Jake Seeley, Wall Street, Matt Medica. We got you covered up for the next hour, leading you up to the fantasy best friends forever's. And, of course, today we'll spend some time talking about that great NCAA championship last night. Roll Tide. Congratulations to the Alabama Crimson Crimson Tide getting their sixth champion. Well, getting their fifth championship in nine years, I believe it was, something like that. Whatever it was, it's pretty darn impressive what they're doing out there. Also, we'll discuss some of the picks from the mock draft that we're currently in. I want to talk about some of the names going down. I want to do the next five in the FSTA draft, also slow draft going on right now. Industry First industry fantasy baseball draft of the year and then me and Jake and Matt Medica will have a discussion about the latest uh, news with LeVar Ball because he's always newsworthy so that's going to be interesting no it's not (laughs) I don't want to start there though (laughs) but I think it is newsworthy at some point now is Matt Matt going to make his picks live on air is that what we're doing here oh Matt you want to clock in the draft Uh, oh yeah I am because Tony Tony took the guy I was going to take. Okay. So, you want my two picks? Oh, well, you mm-hmm. want to do it now? Can I get a well, drum that roll? Might, <laughs> that might be good, Matt, because because the early reports today from Harbaugh is that he's not ready to name Collins the lead for next year. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's foolish. I, gotta, I would go without. No, no, you got to remember. No, you got to remember, Matt. It's it's somebody that we it's, there you it's go. whoever we don't want for next year. That's yeah, who we don't uh, expect. It's always that with the Ravens. Who's going, the guy on the six-game suspension again? <laughs> Ken, Ken, Kenneth Dixon. Yeah, Kenneth Dixon. Kenneth Dixon. Yeah, Kenneth Dixon. He'll come back mid-season, usurp the role, yeah. and, you know. Uh, let's see. You know oh, so this is a, this is a uh, mock draft we have going on in staff. It's our first look at the 2018 board, trying to put it together. Rookies have been involved, so we'll go through and break it down a little bit later wide on. Wide receiver believe... round. Nine of the 11 picks are wide receivers. Wow, this, round. this is so Matt Medica is drafting out of the 12 hole, and we are on the five six turn. Matt, your team currently has Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Travis Kelsey, and Deshaun Watson. Interesting, something that we tell owners not to do: go tight end and quarterback. That early in the draft, yeah, you don't I just, have no running back yet. I just think uh, Kelsey's like a wide receiver. Okay, I mean he was the, he was the he was the number one uh, tight end this year. If you look from the second half of 2016 on, the yardage that he put up, I mean he was one of the leaders in yardage in the second half of uh, 2016. He had another phenomenal year. He got the touchdowns, eight touchdowns, uh, and Mahomes, I, I'm, I'm a believer in. All right, so got our final minute. Watson Matt. is Watson. You want my picks? Let's get the picks. I'm going to go with uh, one of the most impressive running backs this year, Deion Lewis. Okay. And the next, Alvin Kamara, Sony Michelle. Deion Lewis and Sony Michelle go off the board, which is a perfect segue for where we will start at the next segment as we talk about those Georgia Bulldogs in the game that they lost last night. Sony Michelle, obviously, the dynamic running back from Georgia that has been compared to Alvin Kamara. Interesting that you left DJJ, Duke Johnson Jr., on the board, mm-hmm. and you do like PPR running backs. That I do. All right, so there you go right there. When we come back, we'll talk about the 
cojones of one Mr. Nick Saban making one of the great moves in, in, in coaching history. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com premium and learn more about our awesome product. Don Burns coming strong this morning with a little firm action. You hit a the, the Godfather music in the background. Yeah. As we get ready. You think Don Burns rides around with a sledgehammer in his trunk? I'm sure he does. <laughs> see, see, Corey, that's like what I, I could never freestyle, but that's like one of the ones I know most of the lyrics to. Yeah, oh no, that's a classic right there. That whole album, uh, Firm biz, so they did a good job. One of my favorites on that is executive decisions, so it kind of fits in with the fantasy executive. Ah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so you were a fan of that movie as well? Uh, the Firm. It was a good movie. Mm-hmm. It was a good movie. All right, so let's get ready to um, talk about this situation right here. We're in part of the NFL season where we got a lot of stuff churning about coaches and. Us on these programs on the network, many other programs that you see on television and stuff like that, one of the things is how there's no bold, innovative type hires like the Sean McVay hire going on. It's just a trend of rehires. Nobody's being bold. Nobody's taking big steps. You saw that Los Angeles Rams be bold, take a big step with Sean McVay. They end up in the playoffs for the first time. Well, this team right here in the playoffs for the first time had a phenomenal year. Looks like they could be the class of the NFC West moving forward because of this great coaching hire, this bold move that they make. Yesterday when we was on the program, I was talking about Joe Lisi, whatever. We was talking about Alabama's quarterback. And I was like, I don't want to say that like an amateur athlete mm-hmm. sucks because that, to me that's kind of like, you know, he's an amateur athlete. But, um... John Burns said in my ear, well, he's going to tell the truth, he sucks. But dude is 25-2 and two as a starter, does not turn the football over. Jake, when the second half of that game started, and I saw that freshman quarterback going in, I thought to myself, oh my God, I cannot believe what Nick Saban is doing. And I automatically thought, man, this is so bold and brazen, this is going to work. What was your thoughts when, you, when the second half started and you saw that true freshman going in to the national championship? Thought was it could have been any, be any worse than what it was before that? You know, yeah, he's twenty five and two. But let's talk about the team that's around him. And let's talk about the fact that he's more of a rushing threat. That he's when it comes to being a quarterback, he does. He stinks as a quarterback. Uh, hopefully, they can figure something else out for him because he's not starting another game for Alabama. I can tell you that much. I jokingly responded to our guy Dan Dobish last night, and when he said, "When's the next game he starts in Tuscaloosa?" and I said, "When he's playing for Florida and they come to visit," because he's not playing another starting game as the quarterback for the. 
Alabama Christmas time. Let's be real about that. And the fact is, you know what? I don't think that it necessarily be a bad thing for his career. I don't think he's a good quarterback, period. I think he needs to be somebody that's out there. Maybe turns into Terrell Price, teaching him to play wide receiver. Maybe he's a mix and you know, mix around quarterback where he run other plays, especially designed for him. But I thought it was interesting. I thought it was definitely a bold move to do the national championship game. But you were getting blasted in that game. You were not going to win that game with Hurts at quarterback. So you did what you needed to do, and it worked out for him. It was a genius move. You would think that in the locker room, I'm not a head coach, but that's big. We got to get more aggressive, but we can't turn the football over. I wouldn't be able to trust a true freshman, or let's just say, let's, let's just call him a freshman. Because, I'm at, you made a good point. The true freshman thing. Oh, put it like this. A freshman is a freshman. If he's not a freshman, then he's a redshirt freshman. We can lose, we can lose the true. If he's, not, if he's a second-year freshman, no, he's I a redshirt that, freshman. That matters, that matters, Corey. That matters. You think so, Jake? You get an entire year of, you get an entire year of practicing with the system under the coach has got, got leadership and learning what that offense is, learning what the team is, learning to play with players. It's like being a backup. That's, uh, there's a reason why you got the true and the redshirt because it does matter. And it, you know, and it matters when you're a true or redshirt junior. You've had two years of playing experience versus three. It matters to be with that team. Okay, so true freshman quarterback. Fre- this means like last year this time the dude was like, Getting ready for graduation. <laughs> yeah, he was in high school. Like yeah. he was legit in high school with little peach fuzz underneath his chin. Class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he had peach fuzz under his chin. He might have had his first little girlfriend. He was getting ready for the prom. Now he's in the second half national championship. A uh, rope. I'm pretty sure if he's that kind of wait, wait, if he's that kind of recruited quarterback, I'm pretty sure he had girlfriends before the senior year high school. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that. I hope it wasn't his first <laughs> Bottom line is a dude that was in high school a year ago is now checking in to the national championship game, down 13 points, basically on the road. But you look at that situation last night, Matt Medica, bold move. Me, myself, personally, I'll be honest with you, I would not have been able to do it. I don't think it's that bold. I really don't. I think it was a move that had to be made. The uh there was no way. But did Alabama, you know who their backup quarterback was? You see what I'm saying? I didn't know, but yeah. it, like Jake said, it couldn't really get any worse. You had to take a shot. And then when they hear Saban after the game saying, I, we needed to throw the ball, and he could throw the ball better, so it just made total sense. It wasn't like Jalen Hurts was doing stuff in the past to give you any confidence that he could take this team back. But you don't think that he deserved that opportunity. No, you got to win. you got to win. <laughs> I mean, look. 25-2, and two, don't no, no, turn the ball the over. The is different. It's, okay. Look, it's 25-2 and two in this system where it's don't turn the ball over. If, if the guy's not wide open, just tuck it and run. Our defense will win the game. All right, so he comes out. And you automatically see the first time he gets behind center, he's trying to throw the ball down the field. He's trying to take a shot down the field. And obviously you're saying, okay, well, he's right. We found out at the end of the game. He brought it in because they have to throw themselves. He's going to, he's going to be the guy to throw them back into the game, Jake. Started off a little shaky with that first interception. But then from the freshman quarterback, true freshman quarterback on the other side, immediately turns the ball over, and now we got a game. Yeah, and it was a great game from there on out. And, you know, they made up for that first half, which is just a snooze fest, mm-hmm. honestly, especially that first quarter. But it, it turned into a great game. And let's be honest, too, it wasn't just the quarterback change. It was the adjustments on defense, too. And part of it was also Georgia's own fault with what they did in offense. I don't know how many – I don't know when – at like NFL, college teams, I don't know when we're going to start learning to stop clamming up and playing this conservative nonsense that causes all these teams to lose football games. I mean, how many times do we have to see this happen? It's, not been, it's been three straight 
weeks of perfect examples of where this has happened. We actually had Oklahoma in overtime. We had the Kansas City Chiefs last week, and now we've got Georgia again in a national championship game of these teams that just close up shop in the second half and then end up losing a game because they all go in the conservative mode. Now, I understand what you're saying to, to an extent, but if Georgia, if, if Georgia would have, well, they, they did lose the game, but let's just say they didn't go conservative, as you would say. We'd have been saying, well, why did they stop running the football? They got Chubb. They got Michelle. Why did they no, stop? No, no. We would have said, why did they stop running the football? Okay. Right? No, you can run the football and not be super conservative at the same time. It's the play calling when I'm talking about being conservative. It's the play calling that ruined that game. And it's the fact that one running back was so much more. He was. If you, if you look in the second half, you look at look at the. I don't have the the exact numbers in front yeah. of me, but Michelle should have gotten more. He was he was the guy that was excelling in that game. And you you can't just do every series run first second down and then be third and one. But <laughs> yeah, he, he knew exactly what was coming. And to Matt's point, which is a good one, if you look at Alabama on the side of the ball, they were running out three running backs. How much did you see Scarborough? They were going with yep. what was working. They were mixing in all three running backs. And when it mattered, it was Harris. When it mattered, they were mixing it. It's like whoever was doing well at the time for what the game flow was going is who they went with. You saw a lot of these freshmen come up and perform big time in, in the spot yesterday. A lot of dudes fresh out of high school coming into this big situation, almost kind of with no fear, just going out there and getting it done. What Nick Saban did was a classic example of being bold as a head coach, making a bold move, real gutsy call right there. But the truth of the matter is, Jake, if they would have lost the game, could you really have – the narrative would have been, why would you put that freshman quarterback in there in such a big spot? Or do you think – Nick Saban, so much cachet. No, no, no. So I'll I'll say this. If he came out there and played as bad as Hurts did, then you might get that. You might get the, why did you turn to this, you know, freshman quarterback who's never played a lick of football and this is his first season? Then you would have got that. But if they would have had the same result and then lost in overtime, I think you would have got, you know what, it's still a great move because he got him into overtime. He got him into a game-winning situation, honestly, where they, it should have even been overtime. That, that field goal kicker should have made the first one and the second one. And, you know, so if you look at it, I think that we'd still be talking about the great move, a smart move, a very bold move, and something that worked out well, unless he came out and bombed, which he didn't do. Well, he did not bomb at all. He went out there and got it done, Matt Medica. Now, right. Well, that, I mean, early on you saw it when he was getting chased down and he eluded all those defenders. That was made a big play. play. It, it's about changing momentum, about giving your team hope. I don't think they had any hope with hers. <laughs> they sure didn't look like it. <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't I, right. And you know what? Mm-hmm. And, and luck. And luck helps because let's be honest. Everybody knows that <clears throat> you've seen the replay a thousand times now. That touchdown was not meant for Ridley. No, it was not. No, it was not. And then that was, a, that was a very dangerous pass. But that's the gunslinger mentality that you had to have in that situation. He got it done. Got Ridley in the end zone. Tied the ball game up. Now. Yep. And to be honest, like, I didn't care. If he got intercepted there, okay, they're on the 20 instead of on the 9. I think it was, you had to go for it. And I, I don't mind making the risky throw. It's, just, it's funny that he wasn't even intending it. I mean, luck, ha- luck, luck happens sometimes in sports. It seems to always happen for Nick Saban. <laughs> but in order for luck <laughs> to happen, you have to make no, that bold call. He made the, uh, I don't think it was his bold, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But I, I just think the, that play, after getting sacked, down three in that overtime, looking off that safety, that throw. Yes. Yeah. That was a money throw. Got it done. But then you see, it's two, tail, it's two sides to the tail. Shout out to Alabama and their victory. 
We'll talk about the pieces that they have, like Ridley, mm-hmm. like the young man, what they can do in the NFL. We'll get to that at some point. But on the other side of the football, Georgia's freshman quarterback, who's been dominant and phenomenal all year, he turned into Matt Ryan. Maybe it's because he was maybe he was, maybe he used Matt Ryan's locker and something out of Matt Ryan's locker got into his helmet because uh, I don't know if it was the play calling I don't know if it was the coaching he struggled in that second half we'll break that down when we come back right here at Fantasy Frenzy on FNTSY Radio. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com premium and learn more about our awesome product. Did uh, did y'all too? Did y'all see about this thing that was on um social media last night about Bo Scarborough and that video of him walking in the tunnel? I did not. Okay, All right. Jake, you saw it. <clears throat> All right, so don't worry about it then. It's uh, it's fixed though. It's not. It, what what what? But the video was false. <clears throat> so, Matt, I don't know what happened with the the freshman quarterback for Georgia in the second half. Was it play calling? Was it nerves? But they rattled when they saw the other freshman quarterback came in. They was like, okay, now we're going to get into a fight because he didn't look like the quarterback we saw all season. He became Matt Ryan in the fourth quarter versus the Patriots. Well, I think it was a lot to do with, you know, the play call and the momentum was starting to shift a bit. And they were putting him in situations where it was predictable what he was going to do. They started the game off throwing, mm-hmm. you know, this run-heavy team and all this. So... In the second half, like like Jake said, we've seen these teams. We, I mean, you saw Oklahoma just totally clam up mm-hmm. and and blow it, in my opinion. So uh, that's pretty much the same thing. They put him in situations where it was going to be harder for him to succeed. That play, though, after the interception when they got the ball back, yeah, and they were able to get it right back, Alabama, off of that, off of the guy's helmet, whatever it was. That was a huge play. That was a huge play in the, in the game because now you start to see that, okay, this is really going to happen. This thing is going to go down to the wire. Jake, first and second down, they run the football, but they were behind the chains a lot. And from for basically the first time all season, was not be able, was not able to make the plays to, uh, to get them over the hump. So you think it was more play calling or, or, did, the, or did the kid clam up? No, I think it was more play calling. I mean, this kid, you've seen enough from Fromm at this point that you know that this was a situation where he's like, oh gosh, I'm on the national stage, national championship. It's, I don't think it was that at all. I think it's a lot of do play calling. And to Matt said, and like 100% agree with, and you brought it up too, is the fact you're running first and second down, he's passing third down, you keep doing that, and let alone when you're running first and second down, and all of a sudden it's third and seven. You're giving the defense an easy out. They know it's coming. And talking about one of the best defenses in the nation year after year after year, let's forget forget about the talent that they have just spilling out of that defense, let alone the defensive coordinator and the mind that they have on this team to know these type of things are going to happen. If you're going to be that easy to predict, you're just you're asking Alabama to shut you down. And I still think that play right after the half where they almost returned it, that was the play of the game. That was, that was very, 
You were right about that. Guy, that was that one guy that had a chance to he, stop him. I, I think it was number 17. He made a phenomenal tackle on that play. He was able to get that because that dude was going to the crib. And that would have been a different ball game after that. <clears throat> you talk about the one where he looked, looked like he got clotheslined? Yeah, that one where he looked like he got clotheslined. <laughs> not, yeah. But yeah. Not, not by the dude that acted crazy <laughs> at the end of the game. Not, not that one. Yeah. That guy was acting crazy. No, no, no. That guy was acting crazy. They had to switch right him. Yeah, he went Dante Fowler. I was worried about that guy. But then they had this one, they, one man, less than half his size, came over there and he sat him down and he kind of calmed down after that. Then he came back in the game and made that play. But it's not that play. It was a play earlier in the half that you're talking about, right, Matt? Yeah, it was like 14 minutes to go. Yeah. Cardano was like, how could you say that's the play? Uh, Game-saving tackle. It would have been 27-3 at that point. It would have been over. They, yeah. That, that would have yeah. changed everything. And That kid looked like he was shot out of a cannon, too. Yo, he was getting it. And that one tackle was... Uh, was yeah, yeah, and then, and then that shut it down right yeah. there. So, and like I said, it looked like a clothesline because it's like the guy hit him and he like still went another three yards before he started to fall because he was going so fast. I'm talking... 844 you want to get in on this discussion. When you look at the backs, Chubb and Michelle, uh, Jake, do you feel as if they were going into the NFL draft? Do you feel as if yeah. we've clearly seen that Michelle is going to be the one that's going to be more valuable to an NFL roster, or do you think it's Chubb? NFL roster, I think they could be equally valuable. Fantasy, I see more for Michelle, especially if you know you see these teams. It's a copycat league. You know somebody's out there, probably two or three teams, are going to try and do what the Saints did next year. And they're going to try and have two runners that are inside the top 20 for total or actually inside the top 10 for total yards. But inside the top 20 when it comes to rushing, inside the top 20 when it comes to passing, receiving yards and combined and all that type of stuff, they're going to try and copy that formula. And if, they're, if he's on a team, you're going to see, especially in half point and full point PPR, where Michelle has RB2 value, potentially even more than that. When it comes to fantasy-wise, but that's why. That's why I think it's more Michelle and I think less of Chubb. Chubb is still good, but the biggest concern I always had for Chubb is that he had a lot of success behind a great offensive line early on when he initially took over for Gurley. And if you looked at it, there was a lot of concerns. And obviously they were wrong, but there was a lot of concerns that people are saying, how good is Gurley? Is he also inflated by Georgia's offensive line? Well, ever since Georgia's offensive line has taken a little bit of a step back and lost some pieces to the NFL, you've seen Chubb hasn't been quite as effective. Still, again, still a very good running back. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's not good and he's not going to be worthy of a second, third round pick. But I just see him having a lesser impact than Michelle does out of the gate. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I think that pretty much, look, it's a copycat league, like Jake mm-hmm. said. And they got, there are teams that are going to try to copy this. I just think you've seen – we consider Alabama an NFL defense. Yeah. And I think on third and ten over the last eight years, they allowed like 16 rushes for first downs. Over eight years. Over eight years. I forget who tweeted that. It's an excellent tweet. And we saw what Michelle did. He, he's, like, he's got that X-factor ability. Mm-hmm. And after you, like you should – Kamara came in. We see what Kareem Hunt did. You know, you want elusiveness. You want guys in open space. The running backs are catching a lot more passes now. So it's a part of it's part of the game when you're a running back in the NFL nowadays. Catching and, the football is something that you is a skill you have to master. And it's just like you know, like in, like doing this mock and stuff. One of the things I want to put out. like a guy like Isaiah Crowell. If I know Crowell 
is in a in a good spot. Mm-hmm. I would I would have taken him right right where I was picking here on this five six turn. I, I think he's a guy to go back to, depending upon where he lands. I, I agree with you. Me too, because I probably might do. Well, that. see, that's my concern is with a lot of these running backs that are hitting free agency. I'm worried that a lot of them aren't going to get starting jobs. They're going to be in the committees. The NFL is, you know, with how many with the how deep this running back draft class is, and how many teams are already dealing with shared backfields, and even if it's a seventy thirty split, you're still dealing with a shared backfield. I just I can see Isaiah Crowell left hanging out there, and it ends up being a backup somewhere. Then that'd be sad because Isaiah Crowell can play. <laughs> that would be sad. We'd have to have like a little uh, a funeral for Crow. Yeah, yeah, Crow show, Crow show down. Um, Matt, do you think do we that the right four teams were in this college football playoff tournament? I do. I mean, Oklahoma, Georgia, uh, Clemson. I, I thought Oklahoma was going to win it all. Mm-hmm. I really did before before the the playoff started, and they had from like the sports book, Oklahoma would have been the only team favored versus Alabama. Stick with the right four teams in it because I, I listen. Obviously, Alabama wins it, so Alabama deserves it. But going into it, I thought right. Ohio State should have been this fourth team. Uh, I don't think Ohio State should have been, but you know, my argument has been since day one of the playoffs and still today, especially even after this year, that it should be eight. Just because yep, I agree. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State, UCF. I mean, we're talking about, and UCF is just claiming that they're national championships. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny, but at the same point, you know, how many times do we have to see the Boise States of the world? And and uh, I could just go down the list. Go back way back to Utah at the beginning of the early two thousands. They did it twice. Mm-hmm. These teams from small conferences that end up going undefeated and should have been in the some type of conversation and I know people are going to complain and like you don't want to go too far but I don't understand why eight isn't a happy medium I don't I don't want to go 16 I don't want to go 32 I don't want to make it the NCAA basketball tournament but at the same time four is just a very small sample especially when you have it dominated by power five conferences I mean are we ever going to see somebody outside the power five conference and it, you know what honestly I could probably say no unless it's Notre Dame going 11 and one because they have the national attention where they might slip in there by voting and Notre Dame, will, Notre Dame will go on the road and play Power Five teams. Uh, UCF tried to with Georgia Tech this year. Yeah, look, I don't have a problem going eight and setting it up. I'd be more than happy to watch it. Yeah, but even with eight, we're still going to have team nine and ten. They'll be like, "What's up with that?" Oh, oh, yeah, always. But if you look at this year too, as soon as you get down to like the thirteenth, fourteenth team, you have teams with two and three losses already. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a little bit harder to have that but you're right there'll always be that debate there always is there's those the debate when we have 67 18 or eight teams in the NCAA tournament who gets left out there and who was on the bubble so no matter how big or small it is there's always going to be an argument for somebody being left out shout out to Gregory Castillo in the chat uh Bortle services UCF's finest (laughs) (laughs) 844-843-6879 Derek is in Minneapolis Derek welcome to the frenzy what's going on my man Hey guys, I got a keeper league question for you. Sure. Uh, last one thing, the last week I called in and on the contest, and you, I didn't. I stumbled on the uh, repeat champion. And you guys said I should call back because that was a good caller. Well, we're not doing the contest today, though, Derek. What are you doing any more though? Uh, well, that that's going to come down from the higher up. No, we I, will be doing it. I it's do just believe. we don't know. We don't have the, yeah. We don't have the a, a schedule. Rotate shows. Yeah, it's going to rotate Could shows. Be on, yeah. on target. Yeah, yes. but we'll definitely keep you abreast of the situation because I do remember the call you did. You you called on on target. 
right? Yeah. Yeah, you was on on target all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So no, we'll, yeah. We'll, 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 I think we got some more to go. So we'll definitely uh, make sure that that uh, that that um. But when we'll announce it. You'll hear it. Listen to the promos. We got you covered, Derek. So, um, what about your keeper league? All right. All right, well, I'm a Cowboys fan like you. So How about like them Cowboys? But, uh, what kind of league is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll so he wanted to try and win something. He didn't know what it felt like. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> What's up, uh, Derek? That's, that's tough. Okay, I got to make. I got to dump one because our deadline for my league is coming up. It's either Antonio Brown or Zeke. And what's the what's the scoring and rules and all of that? It's PPR, one point PPR. And when do you have to make the decision by? Uh, by the end by Saturday. Darn it. That's tough. I wish you had to after the Super Bowl. That because Ben factor That huge. Ben factor, because if Big Ben retires, that uh, that will definitely make it the decision easy. I still say you send Antonio Brown back into the play table when you roll with Ezekiel Elliott. I think I agree. A young, a young generational running back. I'll take that one right there. We come back on the other side. I do have one more question to ask about last night's game, and then after that we'll get to some of these uh, players we want to talk about in this mock draft that we're currently doing right here. FNTSY Radio, it's the frenzy. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Going into the sixth round of our way too early mock draft here on FNTSY. Got a lot of the, well, not, not, a, not the whole staff, a lot of the names you know from the staff. Listen to the radio programs, you read the articles and stuff. Some of the homies in here making picks right now. Like I said, we are in the sixth round. Matt Medica just kicked off the sixth round with uh, Sony Michelle. Sony, Sony Michelle. Michelle. Yeah, I, it's tough, easy for me to say. I don't think your microphone's on, Mike, Matt. There you go. Now we're tied. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite pick of this draft was uh, Tyreek Hill by mm-hmm. uh, Frank Stample, 3-9. That's amazing for Tyreek Hill at 3-9. Yeah, for me, I, I'd have a hard time seeing him get out of the second round if I'm in there. Interesting. Jake, I want Okay, the, the draft starts. Todd Gurley, Lev Bell. I, t- I took Antonio Brown at 3. Uh, then Zeke goes at 4. Trust me. AB, AB's still going to get it done. AB's still going to get it done. I, half point PPR. I'm surprised you passed up on your boy, Ezekiel. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and no. As of today, as of today, yeah. we don't know Antonio Brown's situation. You get a stud running back in Ezekiel Elliott, who's going to be a top three, period. It doesn't matter, half point PPR or whatever. I'm just, like I said, I'm, just, I'm surprised you went yeah. with him, especially when Elliott was there. I was I was betting you were going to take you, – you actually made me lose a bet, if possible. <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't put nothing up. Now, I would have bet that after – Ezekiel Elliott went, and when you came up with the fifth pick, that you would have taken David Johnson, but you didn't. You took Kareem Hunt, and I find that interesting. Yep. Well, it's, not, it's, it's, it's nothing wrong with that pick, but uh, Kareem Hunt is not going to have the same offensive coordinator next year uh, that he had this past season because that guy is the head coach of the Chicago Bears now. Does that? Well, obviously you didn't know that when you made this pick. Hindsight being twenty right. twenty, would you change that? 
No, because okay. this, this is what I thought about on, on Target yesterday. Is you got or you know this, Corey? Uh, we weren't doing a show with Matt at the time, but there's nobody that I know. There might have been somebody out there. There's nobody I know that was higher on David Johnson than myself when he came out of college. And there might be other people that are with me. Uh, I know there's a few people that are big fans of him. But again, so understand that this is somebody that loves David Johnson, has mm-hmm. always loved David Johnson. The biggest thing with him is there is. The world of uncertainty when it comes to David Johnson. He doesn't have a head coach, which means he probably doesn't have an offensive coordinator. He also doesn't have a quarterback. He also doesn't have any other weapons in the passing game outside of Larry Fitzgerald, which we don't know for sure if Larry Fitzgerald is even coming back with this team. You also don't know what David Johnson is going to be. This is two straight years David Johnson has suffered an injury, and I know they're kind of Gia Carl Stanton-like where they're kind of freakish injuries and not like a soft tissue or it continues to be his ankle like Leonard Fournette, but there's just question after question after question after question with David Johnson. With Kareem Hunt, I know that even in the worst used season, the six weeks of nonsense, he still led the league in rushing. So that's where I'm going with this is at least I know with Kareem Hunt that at basically you could say Kareem Hunt at his worst is like one of the best running backs in fantasy in real life. David Johnson, I know, could be one of the best running backs in the world. There's no question about that. But what if the new guy who comes in and the new offensive coordinator also only wants to give him 15 touches a game because of his injury history? We just There's so much uncertainty with David Johnson. What do you think about that, Matt? That breakdown right there, Kareem Hunt versus David Johnson. Listen, we don't know how this thing is going to shake out. What we do know, like Jake said, he don't have a coach or quarterback. Kareem Hunt doesn't have an offensive coordinator. No, I mean, Jake makes a lot of valid points there, but if the coach they hire doesn't give him the volume, then that was a terrible hire. They made the wrong hire. So, look, I don't have a problem with Hunt, uh, Johnson. I probably, as much as I love Hunt, I'd probably go Johnson. Yeah. He did get injured in those back-to-back games, if you look at it that way, but it's football. You know, you get, you can tear your ACL in practice on the ground, as we've seen uh, time and time again. What, what I think felt like looking at where I was drafted at the turn, and the surprising thing to me was I mentioned Tariq Hill, but Devontae Adams going in the third round, the middle of the third round, that was yeah. insane as well. I made a mistake on that. I made a mistake on that. I didn't see him. Him, Hill, and if Josh Gordon I knew was in like a great situation or something like that. But, yeah. So, after, the, after, after Jake goes Kareem Hunt, uh, the next pick off the board is Greg Sussman. He goes with... Oh, computer just went dark. Uh, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why he He's did that. He's got a hell of a team, Sussman. I really like the way... I mean, starting off David Johnson's nice, but I like the way he filled that in. David Johnson goes. Daniel, the second wide receiver off the board is DeAndre Hopkins. Alvin Kamara, Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, Odell Beckham, and then, Matt, your selection of Julio Jones. Then you take Michael Thomas to start round number two. That is how the first round and the first pick of the second round go. Yeah, no, I mean, I really... A lot of running back. More, We're seeing more running back, running back than we've seen in years past. I really... I knew everybody was going to go running back heavy, so I'm, I, I went the wide receiver route to do that. I really wanted to take Barkley, and, you know... Maybe I would have. Maybe next time I do. Next time I don't. I don't know. But I, I, I thought Saquon Barkley was definitely an option there. But um, like I said, Devontae Adams to me was was in the discussion. It was Barkley Adams. I mean, I'm not even joking. Tyreek Hill. I thought he possibly deserved to be there, and even uh, Josh Gordon if he was in a good situation. So the and one of the players I want to talk about and. 
Uh, hopefully, I can get some help from my buddy Don Burns if he can find this audio before the end of the show. If not, we can rehash it uh, sometime later on this week. The third pick of round number two of this draft is with Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. We got to be careful with Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook uh, tore the ACL, but he also has cartilage damage. Dr. A's, the algorithm, the inside injuries algorithm picked up that there very well could be a microfracture inside that knee also. The microfracture would make it tough for blood to travel to that area for it to heal properly. So Dalvin Cook, is, even though he tore his ACL very early in the year, around that week four or five uh, range, I believe is when he tore his ACL, Dalvin Cook is not looking at your typical ACL recovery. Dalvin Cook could be looking at a year-long recovery. He could be a guy that we come up on training camp and Dalvin Cook's not ready to go. So be wary of that. And but I Wary of Wentz as well. I mean, yeah, and yep, don't forget also Carson Wentz. I don't know the I couldn't explain what this fancy medical term is, but Carson Wentz also had a uh, an injury to his IT band that's going to slow up his process also. So he's another guy that could also be looking at a longer recovery from that ACL. But we'll if DB can get that audio up, uh, we will. But we'll do it tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Because we got the other stuff that we got to do today. They only get we only got an hour now, y'all. I didn't do that yeah, to us. I I think I'm boycotting all non third round reversal drafts. Yes. You know. You gonna take a knee? I'm going to take a knee. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what did you get with the resistance <laughs> when it comes to non third round uh, reversal drafts? All right, Jake. Um Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle and Dick Vitale particularly. Dick Vitale works for ESPN. But Dick Vitale also make a a nice living uh with his relationships with the NCAA. The NCAA in college basketball is very important to Dick Vitale's bottom line. Rick Carlisle is like the union president of the coaches or whatever kind of coaches association they have in the NBA. Rick Carlisle is the president of it. Jake, I get where Carlisle is coming from. I do not believe that people not associated with the team should talk about what goes on in the locker room because you really don't know. But by the same token, would we be hypocrites saying that because we talk about what goes on inside the locker rooms and we don't really be in these locker rooms at all. But obviously we're doing it from a different way from a fantasy point of view. So I get that. I don't think that LeVar Ball should be talking about what Luke Walton is doing. But when Rick Carlisle more or less says that this is not news or this should not be covered, or even threaten to, you know, zone out people that, you know, uh, ice out people that talk to LeVar Ball. I think that that is wrong right there. I don't think the media should be intimidated from doing their job. Where do you stand on that? No, I think it's 100% right, and kudos to him. The only way to get rid of the cancer is to get rid of the cancer and ice it out and remove it. And at this point, he's a cancer to the team and to the future and what everything is trying to be done for the Lakers. And I can't put it any better. You know what? I'll go on and continue what I said from yesterday and kind of reiterate it a little bit. But if anybody wants the best example of what's been said so far, just look at what Steve Kerr said about the situation yeah. because he's 100% right. Everything he said is 100% right. LeVar Ball is just the glorified Kardashian of the NBA, and he's getting a mic shoved in front of his face because he brings viewers. And he said he's not even faulting. Steve Kerr said he's not even faulting ESPN for running the report. The ESPN's doing what they're doing because that's what gets viewers and that's what gets listeners and that's what gets people to click nowadays. It's a sad situation of the social, uh, uh, basically, situation we're in. 
But the fact is, it doesn't make it right. And it doesn't make it right for a team that's trying to move forward. And Luke Walton's trying to coach this team. And you're going to call it something that's not a report. The difference in what you said, Corey, and what we do is we're going off reports. We're going off people inside the locker room. Going off people getting the voice of the players off the coach, off the inside reports that are giving this this information. And then we break it down. This isn't somebody sitting outside on their couch, which that's basically what LeVar Ball is doing. Yes. is what he's doing. She's making comments from the outside looking in. I think he's a little bit more than that. Now, the Lakers have already said no. the Lakers said, well, see, Jake, that's the number the number two pick in the NBA draft. That's his father. So when that comes from that... Doesn't matter. But that so makes it every newsworthy. every single pick in the draft should be... Have, no. That no. makes it newsworthy that, because again, that's the number so, two so pick in the draft's microphone, father. Let's stick a microphone in every single number one, two, three, four, and five pick draft. Every single one of their parents. Let's go ask them. Let's go ask their grandparents and cousins and I've, nephews I feel what you're what saying, Jake, too. but guess what? Those parents are not newsworthy. LeVar Ball is a newsworthy He's parent. not either. He is. No, he's not. He's made himself a spectacle, and this is the world we live in, and now is that we want to look at spectacles. When he ta- Go ahead, Matt. I basically would have traded out of the pick because I wouldn't have taken it. <laughs> I'm just saying, you, you wouldn't have dealt with it at you all. You saw the writing on the wall what this guy was going to be. This is before his son was even taken, and he had all these demands. And when he, he says. Like, it was like he was running the show. When he says this, his sneakers are going to be $500. That's not newsworthy. When he says, I can beat Michael Jordan, that's not newsworthy. He's got to start producing the, these the father of the second pick in the draft says that the, the coach has lost the team, that's a story. And I can't no, blame the not. media for covering that. 844-843-6879. Um, coming up on our final segment. I know my man Steven the Masters out there. We'll get to you when we come back right here on The Frenzy. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Final segment. I want to head out to my man Stephen and Mass. Get him in here before we uh get ready to wrap up for the day. I got these comments from Steve Kerr. I love Steve Kerr. Obviously, me being an original Golden State Warrior fan. <clears throat> Steven, what up? Hey, what's up, man? What's the deal doing? with you, Steven? Hey, I'm, do- I'm doing all right, man. I watched that, that uh, college uh, game last night. Crazy. It was pretty good, man. Yeah, it was pretty oh. good. Oh, yeah, I got that right. And, and then, uh, I don't know if you guys, if you guys sometimes you watch those debate shows whenever you have a chance. But I, I, I had it on, uh, they had uh, Shannon Sharp on uh, Fox Sports 1. Yes, yeah, Shannon Sharp, the, the countryest <laughs> human being on the face of the earth. Skip, what are you talking uh, about, yeah. Skip? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, show, he showed up in there with like a roll, a roll of toilet paper and uh, like a Tide, for like the roll Tide. And then he had he had like uh, cigars out there. And, and man, it was, it was pretty funny. He was talking about Alabama and stuff. 
Yeah, that guy's got to be like one of the funniest guys on uh, on TV, man. Like everything that he's done. Because I even watched him on like ESPN, and like that guy's just that guy's just hilarious. I'm a big fan of uh, 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 um, Shannon Sharp. I I agree. I think he's think he's done excellent in sports media. Oh yeah, you got that. You definitely got that right, man. There's only like a, a couple few that you could tell that you know that are, are made for it. Like Randy Moss, when he first started, he Charles wasn't Woodson all that great. Also. But now he's actually doing good. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Shaq wasn't that good when he first started, also either. Shaq is great now too. You can't forget about Charles Barkley; might be the best in the biz. Oh yeah, and then you got that Shaq and the fool. I, I always got to watch that, man, because that's that, that's that's good stuff right there. Cool. You got anything fantasy related? Yeah, actually, I do. Uh, it, it was. Uh, I mean, I know it's still early, so. so but uh, I was just gonna ask you. It was about uh, uh, like Amari Cooper. Now that uh, John Gruden's there, like uh, some of these guys have disappointed us in the fantasy football season. Like, uh, who are you? Really want to go back and uh, like like draft Amari Cooper. That, uh, Amari, Amari Cooper is one of them. Amari Cooper is on the team that I'm putting together in this mock draft right now. I took Amari Cooper in round five of this. Now I don't know how that's going to play out come July or August, but Amari Cooper is the guy I'll go back to. My wide receivers on this team are Antonio Brown, T. Y. Hilton, and Amari Cooper, all from Dade County. Steven, I don't know how that happens to me all the time. <laughs> Stephen, keep the dream alive. Oh, there you get, there you go, man. Keep the dream alive, Jake. You'll buy him in the fifth round too, right? And you're probably the low man on him. Not ahead of a lot of the guys behind him. His people wow. are gonna, this is the th- I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to laugh so hard as everybody thinks that he's gonna come in and magically fix Derek Carr and uh, Amari Cooper and everything's gonna be great in sunshine and roses. That's yeah. gonna be the narrative all in kid that, that that he that missed it to is. fix it. It's going to be. It's going to be, and people are going to start drafting Derek Carr as a QB1 again, and people are going to treat Amari Cooper as a top 15 wide receiver again and ignore the inconsistencies that he's always been. I would have taken my guy. I would have taken this is a half-point PPR. I'm taking Tate, Thomas, Jones, Dez, Juju, Cooper Cup, and then he's probably in there with Robbie Anderson. I would take him before Robbie Anderson. Ooh. I would have taken him before Jordy Nelson who went in front of him. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I drafted this like it was a full point. Yeah, because that's what I did. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no. Look, I, if you look a year ago, you look at 2016 versus 2017, and how the Raiders' offense just drastically declined. I think there's room for improvement here. I don't think Derek Carr is this bad, and I I agree with you, Corey. I think the bringing in Marshall into is a major distraction. Yeah, yeah. So there you go, right there. Uh, I wanted to get to the Steve Kerr thing, but we're getting ready to get up out of here and pass it off to the best friends forever. But tomorrow we'll definitely get the, these, the, the, uh, the Dr. A stuff from this past weekend. So we'll get you caught up on that. Give you some more news and notes from this draft. And we'll look at the FSTA draft tomorrow. Do a little baseball, too, right here on the Frenzy. And um, I don't even know. I think it's a might be a big hoops game tomorrow night or something like that. I'm not really sure what's going on right now. So... Well, the Saturday night primetime game uh, is back now. So. Yes, Saturday night primetime the game is back. I think the Dubs might be on it because you know, you know, Dub Nation, <laughs> you know, my my Golden State everything. Warriors, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know how we do. <laughs> Fantasy friends, we'll be back tomorrow. Don't forget to come back 4 p.m. Eastern time. They on Target Fantasy. That's Jake, Joe, and Canadian Connors, Chris Meany. We out.